Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode 49. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time of the day you're listening to this, I'm just glad you are. And uh, our motto around here is it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. We're going to talk about some CBD, some CBG, and a whole lot more uh, when it comes to cannabis, particularly on the retail side today. Uh, Before we get going, though, there is one way we start things off by trying to find out what's your groove. in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kinda grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Pipe in a grape, long in a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? All right, so when I say what's your groove, uh, I'm asking that if you are uh, consuming cannabis, what are you going with? Is it joint, pipe, bong, bong and a crepe? Maybe you're uh, having an edible, a drink. Uh, Maybe you've uh, just taken some nice relaxing CBD. Whatever it is you're grooving with, if you are, you don't have to be, I want to know. Uh, I'm grooving with some uh, Pure Sun Farms Sativa. I bought an ounce the other day, and uh, earlier today had uh, the Rosin Bros. Uh, good buddy Justin uh, from the Rosin Bros press it for me. Uh, so now I have uh, this beautiful uh, three plus grams of rosin uh, from uh, Pure Sun Farms Sativa. And while the intro was playing, I uh, fired up uh, my. Uh, my banger and uh, i like to let it sit for at least 30 seconds before i use it so uh here i'll see if i can catch the sizzle for you it's really nice uh i I love dealing with the rosin bros uh it's quick easy a a great product Um, We're going to get into a little bit more about dabbing uh, and that sort of thing and explain a little bit more uh, a little bit later on in the show. So uh, if you're unfamiliar with uh, that, don't worry. I was really unfamiliar with it until this show. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we roll along the show. But here's what's coming down the pipe, uh, the cannabis pipe on this show. Grant Sanderson is the vice president of operations for Nova Cannabis. He was actually on our very first show. Uh, So we're going to chat about the changing landscape of cannabis retail amidst uh, COVID-19. David Wiley from the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News. Uh, We will have some COVID-related cannabis news, uh, some promising and uh, one, you know, not not a, a good story, a tough decision by uh, a cannabis uh, industry uh, company and some other good stuff uh, in between. Chris Ionson of uh, Nova Jasper Ave uh, Cannabis Shop joins us every week for What's That Strain as our educator. 
We're talking about Salty God in What's That Strain this week from Good Buds. It's really, really nice and salty. And Malka LaBelle, of course, joins us every week for the business of cannabis. She's from the Green Generation Company, Green Generation Co. You can find it on Twitter at GreenGenCo1. We're talking about hemp. We'll have some change makers and what it means to be green. All that a little bit later on this on the business of cannabis uh, with Malka LaBelle. Our cannabis question is about your favorite strain a lineage. I'll uh, explain it in a little bit. We'll tell you how later on you can get a promo code to get 50% off a DNA kit from Lobo Genetics and how you can sign up uh, for the Weed Weekly and get in on our monthly giveaway. But right now, speaking of giveaways, we've got a pair of Regal cigars up for grabs in the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a crepe, bong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. Up for grabs, a pair of Regal cigars. Uh, actually got to uh, go and uh, visit with Andre from Regal Cigars today. Had a quick uh, chat while still maintaining our uh, physical distance and picked up some Regal cigars that he has been generous to give away on this program. So we have two to give away on this show. We'll have more to give away on uh, Friday uh, during the Weed Weekly. So if you haven't subscribed to the Cannabis101podcast.ca, Head over there and do that, and you can get in on our uh, month-end giveaways. But today, we've got a pair of Regal cigars to give away just for you chiming in on the cannabis question, which is, what is your favorite lineage strain? Meaning one that, if it's in it, you're on it. Uh, If you're looking up the lineage and you see strain X, you want it. Uh, A strain that has, you know help breed so many others uh, that you see it regularly. For me, it's blueberry. Blue Dream, I love. Uh, and then I've really been getting into different things uh, with uh, blueberry. Blueberry, or Blue Dream is blueberry and, and, and haze. And I've been really exploring a lot of other things with blueberry. So for me, it's blueberry. But I want to know, you know, what your lineage strain is. Um, and, and I want you to hit me up on uh, social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, we're, uh, the cannabis one one and you can email me cannabis one one podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to stay anonymous. Um, but if you do win one of our prize packages, I love when people put out, uh, some pictures, uh, eat, sleep, weave on Instagram, put out a, a great uh, picture of uh, the Regal cigars that she just received. So uh, you can stay anonymous though. Uh, You can email your uh, response to uh, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up and respond on social media with what your favorite lineage strain is. If you chime in, you could win a pair of Regal cigars courtesy of a good friend, Andre, who is going to get on this show at some point when we can start getting people back in studio. Uh, Speaking of a pair of Regal cigars, I want to know what pairs well with cannabis for you. 
anything that goes well with cannabis. For me, it's uh, being productive, doing something, house cleaning. My wife won't believe that I actually clean the house, but actually the other day she was out, I was just doing a couple of things I had uh, just consumed and man, it didn't really even feel like I was doing anything. I had some music going uh, on the headphones. Uh, so any kind of thing that you think might be a chore, try a little bit of cannabis. Seems a little bit less of a chore when cannabis is involved. Just my opinion. But tell me what pairs well with cannabis uh, if you have an idea. And as I mentioned earlier, get the latest on what's going on with the Cannabis 101 podcast by subscribing to the Weed Weekly at Cannabis101podcast.ca. comes out every Friday. If you sign up, you're in the mix for our monthly prize pack, but only for subscriber subscribers. Plus, it's an easy way to keep up to date with, hopefully, one of your favorite podcasts, the Cannabis 101 podcast. Grant Sanderson, the VP of Operations for Nova Cannabis, on the other side of the Weed Song, courtesy of the artist, My Dead Dog. Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Very pleased to have back on the program from Nova Cannabis, the Vice President of Operations, Grant Sanderson. This is episode 49. Grant, you were on episode one uh, with me to kick off this show, and you were a guy that I obviously reached out to for some advice uh, when I was thinking of starting this podcast. So it's great to have you back on the show. How are things? Things are good, Dean. Thanks for having me back. I was, I was thinking about that today, actually, episode one, and I didn't know what episode you're on today. So that's uh, been 49 since. So uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Hopefully, uh, hopefully many more. So uh, I wanted to chat with you today about, you know, just kind of life as we're living it right now and, and kind of the impact it's had on the retail side of, of cannabis. I, I guess, first of all, how has life been for you uh, through through COVID-19 and, you know, the challenges that, that you faced? Yeah, Dean, it's a, it, it, it's a great question and I think a great topic today to discuss. So, you know, for me personally, um, I've been on the roller coaster just like everybody else, um, but uh, you know, cannabis, we we're, we're still going, and uh, you know, I, I've heard the saying a couple of times now. We went from illegal to essential, you know, in eighteen months or whatever the time frame was, and it was legal to buy weed, but illegal to get a haircut two weeks ago. Right. So uh, it, it's uh, it's been a crazy time, but uh, you know, um, been on the roller coaster. Um, still coming to work every day. Um, and, uh, you know, throughout this journey, I, I, I we're always reminded, uh, I know you, you know, Marcy, my the president of our company and, and, uh, we talk daily and see each other daily. Uh, and, and the, it, we're still coming to work in at the office and we've named our, our office. We refer to it as SSC or the store support center. And, uh, we don't call it head office. We don't call it headquarters. It's the store support center. And that's the approach we take to, to, uh, to our store teams. We're, we've been here throughout the whole time to support them, um, in the stores, um, helping out with cleaning supplies, 
covering shifts, doing kind of whatever we can do to to help out. So it's uh, it's been a crazy ride, uh, but we're still going, and uh, a lot to, a lot's changed, and I know we're going to get to that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, as for you know your specific job, um, give us a, a bit of a synopsis of your kind of daily duties. And I know there's probably a lot of things, but you know, did you get were you personally impacted? Did you have to change how you did your specific job? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, one of the things that has changed and part of the, uh, what I handle uh, in my position is is uh, I do handle a lot of the licensed producer and vendor relations. So one of the things that's changed is, is the, the switch from the, the in-person meetings to the virtual meetings. Um, I don't usually like spending a lot of time on my computer, but uh, uh, during that first uh, kind of two months uh, in, in COVID there, um, you know, obviously all the meetings have been canceled and, and, and things like that, but we were still open as a business and we had to keep those lines of communication open with all of our partners and vendors and, and, uh, and, and companies were still launching new products in the cannabis industry. Um, so keeping those lines of communication, that was a, one of the biggest pivots to me. I'm more of a, uh, a shake your hand, get together, have a conversation, uh, person, uh, by nature and, and kind of switching to those digital, you know, zooms and Microsoft teams meetings was, was quite an adjustment. Um, another adjustment is, you know, uh, the majority of our, uh, employees here at the store support center, um, we're working from home. So, um, you know, missing that little bit of what you know, workplace culture piece, which is extremely important. Um, our cannabis team here at Alcana, our little area of the building is called the dube cube. Um, so, uh, you can imagine there's, you know, there's <laughs> lots of things on the walls and fun things and we have fish that are named after cannabis strains and the frogs that are named after cannabis strains in our, so uh just that little bit of a culture adjustment as well too to to the new normal so yeah people uh certainly missing the social aspect of uh, life right now when do you remember thinking okay we have to make some changes in retail stores due to covid because i think for a lot of people there was initial wave of okay this sounds serious how serious is it oh it's really serious we definitely have to make some changes when do you remember thinking that okay this is going to affect us here yeah, you know what, Dean? It's a great question, and I, I uh, look thinking back now. I mean, as we all think and agree, time has been standing still, and we've only been in this a couple months. It feels right now, like but, years, uh, though, right? Oh, absolutely. But you know what? One of the things, and, and I'd say hats off to Alcana, um, our, our parent company, and our, our Nova Banner, and all of our employees here, is that we're very quick to to react and respond. And, and what I can, you know, kind of remember going back those couple months was you know, immediately, you know, sourcing cleaning supplies and immediately sourcing um, acrylic shields and, and, you know, four decals in this as quick as we can and going through those hurdles. And um, so, yeah, to answer the question, uh, I don't remember the specific day, uh, but, you know, we were, uh, we were very quick to react and, uh, you know, hopefully our, our teams appreciated that. And uh, I know me definitely, you know, who goes in the stores, I appreciated the extra safety uh, precautions that uh, we still take. So. Chatting with Grant Sanderson, VP of Operations with Nova Cannabis, about the uh, uh, the ongoing uh, change in uh, how retail operates uh, in cannabis, and, and obviously uh, this has affected uh, pretty much every industry. What sort of changes? Let's let's I guess chat about some of the things that you guys had to do uh, and wanted to do to protect not only uh, your uh, employees but the uh, the consumers as well, and protecting everybody. So, what changes did you guys make? Yeah, Dean, you know, we've made so many. I'll, I'll try to uh, list off a few here. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, outside of, you know, the standard 
COVID signage and, and educating our customers to please don't come into our stores if they were not feeling well. Um, we were very quick out of the gate to get on uh, some acrylic shields for our POS terminals and had to use a couple suppliers and imagining that everything was happening so fast. Um, and, you know, manufacturers were pivoting to create, you know, acrylic complexity shields. So we found a couple suppliers that, you know, we're, we're trying to make them for us, but we have another branch of our, of our cannabis business, uh, or oh, cannabis, which is alcohol. So we have a lot of, a lot of liquor stores as well. So, um, uh, instituted, uh, obviously, the, the you know, extra cleaning protocols. Um, we have floor deckling to ensure physical distancing within our stores. And probably the, the biggest change about, you know, the retail experience for us is the is the Nova shopping experience, which um, usually when you would enter our store kind of pre-COVID, um, you, know, you, could, you could kind of shop by category or desired cultivar. Um, so we would have our sections for sativa flowers and indica flower, our edible section, our vape section, accessory areas and things like that. And, you know, we, we, we came to realize really quick that it wasn't conducive to ensure physical distancing. So, uh, we pivoted, uh, very quick, um, removed our, our strain cards off of our walls that, uh, would keep people to shop the store, um, and instituted a new menu system. So basically you could find your kind of uh, your four foot flat wall in our store that usually would have beautiful strain cards and product information. And we've compiled everything into a floor menu. So you could literally shop the entire store from standing in one spot. Um, so that was quite a change, you know, moving our staff um, off the floor for those cut from those customer interactions to answer those questions for new consumers and, and pivoting them back behind the tills to again, ensure physical distancing. So the shopping journey has changed. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, just to, just to kind of name a few things, you know, we, we halted the customer returns, uh, and recycling program, um, in our stores, uh, something that we're looking at revisiting right now in Alberta, but, um, you know, just to, you know, not allowing customers to bring products back and that created a whole bunch of other challenges. So just in, ensuring that, uh, we're, we're, we were limiting, uh, and still are limiting those, you know, direct interactions with customers. So. Yeah, and you know, uh, cannabis in in nature is such a social uh, thing. Uh, you know, we all want to get together and uh, you know have a session together or consume with friends. Or you, when you come into a store, you want to have that interaction. And and who knows when that returns? Um, but you know, are there some of the things that that you know have really become um, I guess popular during this uh, pandemic is the things like the click and collect, uh, which is you know you get in, you get out. Um, less time for the employees, less time for the consumer. Um, things like that will be uh, you know post COVID and and continue. Um, maybe maybe t- just touch on that and 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 other things that maybe you're learning through this that yeah we can we can do this in, in a safe way and and still have that interaction. Absolutely. Yeah, Dini Nail and Heather, we do use Leafly.ca as our quick and collect platform in Alberta here. Um, and uh, again, exactly right. You know, and what it does is it creates uh, a lot more convenience for the customer um, to shop online, to select from our products that we have by, by location, because each location has a slightly different uh, product, slightly different amount of inventory, you know, based on volume of that location. But um, a, a quick and easy way to uh, click and reserve a product online. You don't, uh, you can't make payments in Alberta in advance at this time, uh, but you know you can click and reserve the product online. Uh, come into our store, you'll get a, a text message confirmation that your order is ready. You come into our store, tell us your name, we'll verify your age, we'll verify the products with you, and it's a quick, uh, it's a quick in and out. So um, extremely, 
successful in the last uh, couple months for us, uh, that platform has been. It was something that we actually had in place pre-COVID at some locations. Obviously, COVID uh, you know, pushed us to deploy it at every location that we have. So um, just creating, again, that uh, a quicker experience in the store, reducing you know, the amount of interaction time uh, in the store to, you know, for the customer safety, for the staff safety too, uh, in this time that we're in right now. And an, an interesting thing too is, you know, Ontario, when uh, they did close the retail stores in Ontario, they allowed curbside pickup and literally overnight they permitted online payments, hmm. uh, which up to that moment was illegal to purchase cannabis online. So Ontario made an exception um, and companies like ourselves and some other uh, retailers you know, we had to pivot real quick to create an online platform to accept payment, um, which posed a whole other bunch of challenges. But, you know, it just go, it, you know, it goes to show again that, you know, we have uh, the industry has come a long way, you know, and we still have a ways to go. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But, you know, um, I think the future is, uh, is going to be, you know, obviously people are going to crave those in-store interactions. The brick and mortar is, is important, but, you know, People are going to be shopping online and, and there's some great options. Leafly.ca is one of them. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I love it for, you know, oh, I'm getting my blue dream craving. I got to find my blue dream now. And I don't have to drive to a whole bunch of different stores. I can look online. They have it. Go grab it. Uh, Rio Bravo, same thing. I get these weird, uh, whenever I see a Western, I want to have Rio Bravo or Eldorado or something like that. And <laughs> you know what? I used it to pick up my Supernova, the uh, the Volcano Hybrid. I mean, it's just so convenient. And yeah, I love the interaction. I love going and seeing Chris at uh, Jasper Ave and, and talking with his staff and things like that but in this time of the that we're in right now i want to be in and out of everything so it really works uh, you, you mentioned ontario um I, I believe there was delivery options at some point or maybe still do you think delivery will be an option at some point uh in the uh, in alberta i do Dean. i think logic yeah I, I i really do you know I, I, and again ontario is just a, was a little bit different in alberta you know, it was deemed essential uh, and has been so the entire time, but they did close the retail uh, experience side of it. So it became curbside pickup only. Um, I think uh, I think it'll always be an option. I think that, uh, you know, as long as, as retailers in Alberta continue to exhibit that they're socially responsible, um, they're, they're, they're conscientious and compliant in regards to, the, to uh, how they operate in the communities that they do business. Uh, and I think that is, you know, if we all continue to do a great job with that, I think more options are going to open up for us uh, as retailers moving forward. So how about staffing? Um, you know, I, I know uh, some different uh, retailers uh, did have to close due to staffing. What was it like for you guys early on? Did you have any uh, closures and are you or, or were you worried that, you know, at one point you're going to have to close everything and, and is things kind of back to normal staffing wise? Yeah, uh, great question. And yeah, you know, we uh, we had a couple stores in southern Alberta that we had to do a temporary closure on, uh, and that was simply due to staffing levels. So um, at that time, and still to this day, moving forward, uh, you know, you cannot come to work if you have any symptoms of a cold, sniffles, cough, fever, anything. Generally feeling unwell, we're not. Uh, we're telling you to stay home. Didn't even to the point where you know we, we you could be disciplined if you came to work sick. So. You know, um, we did close a couple stores uh, due to staffing levels where we had to either move some staff members to another store or we just simply didn't have enough bodies because staff members were either in uh, travel uh, uh, associated isolation, they're coming back from a trip or they generally weren't feeling well or or, uh, or anything. It's when we were deemed essential, you know, um, it's extremely important uh, that uh, anybody who wasn't feeling well would get a COVID test. Um, that's still in place today. So, 
Um, it was temporary. All the stores are, are open. Uh, I think it was only a couple of days that we had some stores closed down for uh, kind of intermittent over a, a couple of different little, uh, stores in the South. But um, yeah, we got them, we got them back open. Um, and we're seeing right now is uh, a lot of staff uh, coming back to work. You know, we did have some staff on some fear-based leaves. Um, we had some staff uh, and again, through various isolation reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, our staff has done an amazing job of, you know, just pulling their socks up and going to work and working hard and, and uh, you know, working with those customers and providing top-notch safe service. Well, and I know we, we, we're all trying to recognize uh, those frontline medical staff workers because they are literally on the front lines of this. But, you know, the grocery store workers and the people working in restaurants that are providing food and the cannabis uh, retailers, for those that, you know, held it up while the others were out. I mean, you know, yeoman's work to them because I know uh, some of them were working uh, some, some pretty long hours to make sure that the customer was served. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, uh, you know, notably in March, too, uh, when uh, when things were still kind of up in the air, if, you know, there was going to be a complete shutdown of retail and what would or wouldn't be deemed essential at that time to remain open. Uh, and we, we saw some significant uh, hoard buying, you know, where it was like, hey, if the cannabis stores are going to close, I better go and, and, and stock up. You know, we saw that over a couple of weeks, um, you know, made it extremely busy staff, uh, you know, and even at that time when, when, again, we did have staff members going through various isolation for various reasons, um, you know, the people, our stores were busy and our staff, they showed up every day and they got the job done. So they, they had nothing but, uh, you know, heartfelt thanks to all the employees of Nova Cannabis. Yeah, I, I, I love that uh, phrase that you used earlier, uh, uh, you know, illegal to essential in, in just a few short years. Um, but there was, I, I think, initially some fear that, you know, cannabis stores were going to be closed. And, and, and I think it shows, you know, a little bit how far we've come that, yes, this was deemed an essential service during this. So, I, I, you know, that, you know, out of this, that's a bit of a silver lining for the cannabis industry that it was recognized as essential. It shows a little bit how far we've come. Yeah, I think, and and I think Dean and I, and my hats off again to all of our, our retail, um, all the people in the retail industry for cannabis is that, you know, we are continuing, I think, to prove ourselves, uh, you know, as socially responsible um, and, you know, operating great businesses and communities. And, uh, and I, and I think that's, uh, that's why I think it, it, it helped with the decision. You know, it's not, we're not the uh, back alley, you know, pot shop, you know, right. we are in prominent locations and prominent communities, you know, providing and, you know, you know, cannabis to people for the various reasons that they choose to consume it. If it's uh, to celebrate life, you know, or to, you know, for celebrations or again, for, for those various reasons why people consume cannabis. But, you know, I think we've all done a good job as retailers. And I think uh, that, that definitely helped uh, help with those decisions to keep us open. Yeah, early on when when there was that fear, and you mentioned that people were were stocking up a little bit, um, did did that uh, um, like tick, I, I guess uh, slow down a little bit when people realized oh the cannabis stores are open? But um, you know, every time I went into a store during this, it seemed to be somebody in there. It just seemed to be a little bit busier. Were was it an increase in in customers or an increase in maybe products purchased? Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. You know, I think it kind of went in waves. You know, I think first stating now, you know, definitely it's, it's flattened out now and, and gone back to, to, to normal and somewhat predictable uh, as much as cannabis can be predictable as some of the maps sometimes. But 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, coming out of March there, those last two weeks of March and uh, probably into early April. Um, you know, we uh, again, we saw a spike and people just weren't sure, I think. And I think you you saw a little bit of hoard buying. You know, I think it's kind of the toilet paper effect, right? Yeah. So people were concerned they couldn't get it, so they stocked up on it, right? You know, what was was interesting was uh, 420, uh, April 20th. It was uh, it was the mellowest 420 uh, that I've seen. And, you know, I visited a couple of stores just but, you know, the you know, people just weren't going to have pop ups in their stores when when this was going on. So it must have been a strange 420 for the industry as far as as, as we've had as many as we've had since legalization. Yeah, no, it it was uh, a downer this year for sure. Dean, you know, we had. We had some great things planned um, in all of our stores and we wanted to do, uh, you know, make a big event about it. And, you know, the, the piece about 422 is all about community and, and obviously that couldn't happen and, you know, still can't happen today in this moment for large gatherings. And, and uh, we, we have so much to celebrate as an industry uh, and a community that, uh, you know, that was uh, would have been a good day. But, you know, what? A pandemic happened, and mm-hmm. the good thing about it is, uh, you know, there'll be more 420s, right? Yeah, so. that's it. Uh, you know, the, the whole cannabis uh, nature is is social in in the, the aspect of it. I mean, um, the the I love how you guys had, I think it said, like, puff, puff, don't pass. As far we had to right. change how we deal, you know, when you're, when you're over at friends during this or you're with family, you don't share the joint or the yeah. pipe or the whatever you might usually do. So certainly things have changed and, and, and kind of the, the products through all this kept uh, appearing these new products. So we're, we're kind of locked down in this pandemic, but these new things were evolving on the market. We also edibles before that, but you know, let's chat about some of the drinks, vapes, extracts. Uh, there, there seems to be so much more things flooding the market now as compared to year one, especially. Absolutely. You know, I think, uh, in the timing with uh, with COVID, Dean, you know, a lot of these these 2.0 products uh, were approved last December by Health Canada and were in production. And uh, you know, there, there was probably a lot of initial uh, commitments for purchase orders for the governing bodies that are the vendors of cannabis products to us. But you know, it's been exciting. Uh, you know, we bought uh, had some snazzy Nova cannabis fridges made for all of our stores and. You know, we're uh, we're anxiously awaiting the arrival of beverages. They were slight delayed from from uh, most of the producers at, at the time. They're slowly starting to trickle in now. But you know, the beverages have been well received. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I think a little bit too early to tell, um, but uh, they've been very well received now. The supply is still limited on them. Um, um, the vapes have performed very well for us uh, in our stores, and, and we're starting to see quite an assortment. Uh, there's lots of options right now, um, so. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it, it was a, a probably an okay time for new products to come as, you know, people had a little bit extra time on their hands, some people at home and, and uh, you know, just trying to, you know, replace those social gatherings maybe with some, you know, desired effects from cannabis and some self-reflection at home. And there's uh, there's lots of options to choose from, that's for sure. Yeah, it's um, it, it really is. You know, one of the things I was just looking forward to so much this year is like the barbecue season and and grabbing some cannabis drinks um, as opposed to maybe you know a, a six pack of beer or something like that and, and just you know seeing what that is and just imagining what that's like you know i hope we can still uh, you know i think we still can do that in in small gatherings so that's the one thing i'm looking forward to but um there, there's just so many more options uh, for the consumer nowadays
plays um, than we saw in the first year. I, I love it. And, you know, I love some of the, uh, you know, I've, I've seen some of the, the Keef that's been on for a while and some of the bubble hash now and some of the batter and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's good to see this uh, evolving and, and, and for people that are new to cannabis, they're going to be like, wow, there's so many more options for me here. There is, Dean. You know what? There's an excellent point again. You know, it, it, there's some of these new products, and they're referred to as 2.0 products, as you're aware. But uh, you know, it's it, it's it, there's there's new products that are, are are a great option for new consumers. You know, the edible in the edible formats. You know, two milligram dosage. Um, you know, balanced equal parts CBD to you know for that new consumer to provide a little more of a safety net to you know eliminate some of uh, any potential negative. Um, side effects from, from consuming cannabis. And then there's now products for that regular consumer. Um, you know, you said, you know, the shatters, the, 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 but, the batters, butters, caviars, bubble hash, keys. There's lots of, <laughs> of, uh, uh, there's lots of cool options right now. So yeah, it's really, uh, it's becoming quite diverse and, uh, we're still seeing new consumers in our stores every day asking those questions and, you know, going through, um, you know, the discovery, with our customer experience reps to find out and cater products uh, for them as new consumers. You know, they don't want to smoke or they don't want to vape, but they're curious about, you know, a desired effect from cannabis is maybe an alternate to alcohol or just for, again, various reasons why Mm -hmm. people choose to consume. But uh, yeah, it's pretty diverse right now. Yeah. And the the accessories that go, uh, you know, we were chatting, you know, portable dab rigs and stuff like technology and, and cannabis are just, uh, fitting together like a glove right now. It's so neat to see uh, so many of the new products. And, um, you know, we chatted earlier about, uh, you know, stores in, in this area. What's the future for Nova? Did, did this prevent you guys from opening any stores? And, and do you guys have some new stores on the way, whether it's in Alberta or across the country? Yeah. Uh, you know, Dean, um, we had, uh, we, we had all of our stores on, on our, on our tracker opened uh, around February um, so we were where we wanted to be. We, we do have some more locations that we're working with in Alberta. We, we're currently under construction on several sites, uh, more sites in Alberta. So more to come on that. But um, so things are happening in Alberta. We're going to continue to grow um, our footprint here. Uh, and then in Ontario, we have uh, approximately 10 sites that uh, we're committing to out there. Um, unfortunately, construction is, is not essential in Ontario. So things are kind of at a standstill there. But once things get fired back up, we'll look at uh, continuing to grow our footprints in Ontario as well. So, um, continuing to move forward with Nova cautiously, and uh, and uh, but uh, we are continuing to grow. Awesome. Uh, I want to chat with you about uh, CBD and, and you know the, the strain that uh, Chris Ionson and I did. Chris, obviously, uh, from your uh, Jasper Ave Nova location, manages that, and he's my educator on this show. Uh, it was just high in CBG, so we're starting to see uh, some of these different uh, cannabinoids come out. But CBD is is one that you know I credit you with uh, you know giving me some information about, and you know we, we based on that and, and some research, and we went and you know we're now using CBD. My wife and I obviously. Obviously, you, your family and my wife's family grew up together. So um, it's it's nice to uh, have something in your daily routine that you can have every day that, you know, doesn't have the psychoactive effects and, and, and you know, becomes part of my routine now. Um, you were, uh, you know, kind of on the, the CBD train uh, even before that. Yeah, you know what? I've been, uh, I've been a patient of CBD for a couple of years now, Dean. I started taking it... Uh, an injury back in the day, um, but it, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm a casual consumer of cannabis. Uh, I've always been uh, a supporter of it. Um, 
and, and things that, and the benefits that it can bring people in various reasons. And I'm always, you know, cautious because we're, we, we are not doctors and still medically prescribed, but sure. speaking on, on a personal level for myself, you know, it's, uh, I can say that it, it definitely increased the quality of life that I had, um, from a previous injury that I had. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the general calming and body effects from CBD, um, are, are for me again, you know, to the point where it's life changing for the, the quality of life that it's, uh, that it can increase for you. Um, I take CBD every day. Um, but really cool CBD topicals have now come out. Um, and, uh, got some people really close to me, uh, using them right now with, with amazing results. So, um, I prefer CBD to take it in a capsule. Um, so I take two capsules a day. Um, so don't inhale it, but I, I consume it, uh, uh, I digest it, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it can do some amazing things for people, you know, and, uh, I, I there's not often a day that goes by Dean that I don't get asked about CBD and, mm. you know, it's in the big scheme of things, you know, the majority of customers are usually looking for that psychoactive, but there's a huge, or I guess a blossoming part of, of our customer base. Uh, and it's usually new consumers or usually seniors that have the questions about CBD, but we're starting to see a lot of athletes now. We're starting to see a lot of young adults and middle-aged uh, people, you know, trying CBD for the various reasons that they want to try it and uh, with some really great results. So I think uh, a small market section right now, I think it's going to increase um, eventually here uh, as, as people become to more familiar with the benefits that it can bring them in their daily life. And uh I'm a huge fan, um, and uh, you know it, it's funny. I think once you put this podcast out, I'm sure my Facebook will blow up with more messages because it did last time. People asking me questions from from uh, from my network of people, <laughs> but uh, yeah, CBD man, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, and and there's so many different options. Like you said, there's capsules. You can just take the straight uh, drops. The the spray I use uh, right now is just uh, it, it's so easy and effective. Um, you know, you know, I vape it sometimes. I have a, a, a CBD vape pen um, from from one of the CBD strains, so you can get it in that format. And you know, I've used it on THC breaks as uh, you know a way to to be able to relax and stuff, just vaping it. So there's so many different options when it comes to to CBD. You can uh, you know you can do so much with it as you can with the plant. Um, uh, as far as uh, even cooking, and and I know you guys have something cool. I saw it on the the sign when I was in the store the other day, uh, picking up uh, the stuff we were doing for uh, what's that strain uh, Sundays with the nomad cook. Now I'll just let you know, I've been to one of his dinners and it was awesome. He made a strawberry shortcake out of uh, strawberry cream uh, from top life. That was so, or top leaf. That was so good. So uh, I'm excited about this. I, I can't wait to tune in. Tell us about Sundays. Yeah. You know what team we, uh, so Sundays with uh, the nomad cook is Travis Peterson. So Travis is, is, is a pioneer in the, cannabis culinary scene in Canada. There's a, a lot of seeds there. Uh, but uh, he's done an amazing job working with, you know, different licensed producers. You know, he's usually got some sort of large event going on at, at any cannabis exposition like Lyft or, or, or others. And we saw a great opportunity with Travis to, you know, again, talking about that new consumer is, is, is creating a, a different way for people to consume cannabis. That's fun. Um, that's informative. That's, safe. Um, so we, we, uh, we approached Travis, had a conversation. We landed on, on the Sundays. Um, and, uh, it's been, it's been very neat and unique, uh, more of a cooking demonstration than a class. 
Uh, but there's lots of information. I always post the recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis is really focusing uh, over the next couple of weeks on uh, infusion. So actually infusing oils and butters um, and then leading that infusion to a recipe in the, in the coming weeks after. So um, it's a really cool thing. Um, and, and again, a little more geared towards that new consumer to kind of walk through and, and, and create a, a, a low dose dish or adversely that uh, the regular consumer who enjoys um, ingesting edibles. Uh, to make something cool and to ingest it in a, in a different format than they used to. So yeah, he, he's got some uh, that jerk chicken recipe that he's got up there looks uh, pretty delicious. So I can't wait to keep following along uh, with that. Grant, this has been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I've always appreciated um, uh, your uh, your advice and the uh, the cannabis industry, and it was great to be able to find out uh, you know just kind of how the retail landscape has changed and and I guess is continuing to change. Correct. Absolutely, Dean. I think uh, I, 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 we constantly, or I hear it referred to often as kind of, you know, pre-COVID and post-COVID. You know, I, I don't think there's a post-COVID. This is the new way. Um, and, and you're going to see changes in, in retail shopping experiences and tweaks. And we'll get we'll get back to somewhat normal, but there's going to be new things. And, we, you know, today I don't know where that's going to land. Um, uh, I know there'll, there'll be some differences. And I know, uh, you know, shopping and retail in general will have some changes. Uh, moving forward, um, as people are, you know, more mindful, but, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a crazy ride so far. This, uh, dealing with the, the ever changing landscape, uh, in the retail environment due to COVID. And, um, you know, I think there's lots more to come and, and, uh, but, you know, know that we will continue to ensure the safety of our customers and our staff is always a priority. Thanks for your time, Grant. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dean. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Nice conversation with the uh, VP of Operations for Nova Cannabis, and uh, I use their uh, click and collect system uh, all the time uh, when I'm uh, heading out to pick up the strain for what's that strain or as i said <laughs> i used it to pick out my uh volcano uh hybrid uh, just in case when i got there there wasn't one left or something like that i had to do it so uh, i use it there I, you know and, and lots of other places have uh, online as well so if you're buying your cannabis uh really do use the online system it's uh less time for you less time for the staff and uh, keeps everybody safe plus you can find out the inventory at all the stores so there you go by the way, a lot of things have been, um, you know, canceled or postponed or, or rescheduled because of COVID-19. The Cannabis and Hemp Expo was one of them. It was originally supposed to have happened in April. It's now been rescheduled for October 3rd and 4th at the Edmonton Expo Center. Uh, we are planning to be there on location uh, doing some podcast interviews. Uh, so if you'd like to be on the show, uh, you can come down. We will make sure that we are uh, cleaning and disinfecting uh, after every uh, person appears on the show and, um, you know, uh, probably even switching out the microphones uh, so we can give them uh, even better cleaning. So you don't have to worry about that. And if you'd like to get tickets, it's CannabisHempExpo.com. That's www.CannabisHempExpo.com. We will have some tickets to give away as we get closer to the show. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. 
Pleased to be joined by David Wiley from the OZ, OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. You can follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ, at Wiley Writer. David, welcome back to the show. Hey, Dean. Good to talk to you. Feels like it's been just too long. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's been a couple of weeks as we're both uh, uh, busy and uh, dealing with different things. So it's great to have you back on the program and talking about uh cannabis news because certainly uh there is a lot uh going on uh when it comes to cannabis news uh, just had uh, grant sanderson uh, from nova cannabis on and we were chatting about the uh, the ever-changing landscape of retail uh in cannabis so everything is changing and and cannabis you know, people have been talking about it went from illegal to essential. And now uh, there are early reports and some early research that cannabis uh, could have an impact on COVID-19. And this even makes it into the New York Post. It's amazing the breadth and the depth of cannabis. And yeah, uh, some research out of Alberta uh, has really started to make the rounds. I mean, imagine using like an inhaler or even mouthwash containing cannabis extracts to uh, to help treat or slow down COVID nineteen. Well, that's a, that's the scenario that Alberta researchers Olga and Igor Kovalchuk are actually investigating. Now, this couple they're no stranger to cannabis. They've been working with it for about five years, uh, creating a new hybrids and developing extracts that are demonstrating these uh, therapeutic properties of this uh, wonderful plant. And when COVID-19 hit, they started to go back over their data uh, and they were examining the receptors that uh, the novel coronavirus hijacks in order to enter into the human body. So they're saying now that the, the data that they have shows the potential that cannabis extracts could actually help in the prevention and the treatment of COVID-19. They've submitted a research paper studying the effects. Now, Olga, she says that the, these two were totally stunned by what they had initially found and that the extracts they've been looking at are uh, very high CBD, a low THC, and they've proven very effective in, uh, in stopping the virus from connecting to these different uh, proteins in the body. But we compare it almost like if you can picture uh, just slamming the door on, in someone's face that's what's happening here. So, um, so these anti-inflammatory um, cannabinoids are uh, closing the receptors, really, in a way, a manner of speaking, uh, that's not allowing the virus to enter into the body. They're saying that there's uh, the data shows that about seventy percent of these doors, quote unquote, um, can be closed uh, using this kind of treatment. Now, there's there's still clinical trials that need to be done, so this is still early. Uh, early in this whole process. Um, so, but still, here's just another just wild example of how diverse the uh, medical benefits, therapeutic effects of cannabis can be. So the research is being conducted in conjunction with the University of Lethbridge uh, and also two cannabis research companies, uh, one that has ties to Sundial Growers out of Calgary. So this is a really great Story for the province of Alberta and the wonderful 
things that are happening there. Yeah, it's it is amazing, and and uh, I know you stressed it that it is uh, preliminary. Uh, it has uh, yet to be uh, peer reviewed, but it's so encouraging. Um, because you know, during this pandemic, the, no, uh, you know, no stone unturned, right? Like look every mm-hmm. corner of what you can imagine that might help it. And, and maybe you find something and it's, it's, you know, to be perfectly honest, it's not surprising uh, that, uh, that there were, that we're realizing this. And, and I think as we go over the years, we're going to realize how much more benefits the cannabis plant can have, but, uh, you know, from being deemed an essential service to now being a possible fighter of COVID, uh, it's just uh, it's just showing just how important this plant is in society today in Canada. Absolutely, and that was one of the things that we we're very excited about uh, with legalization. It, all these opportunities to to research cannabis and its effects uh, and its benefits. All right, let's talk a little bit about drinks. I've tried uh, some different formats uh, from the canned drinks. I've tried the ones that you add to a drink. I've tried the uh, the powder uh, from the Green Organic uh, Dutchman. So what's your thought process on uh, the, the different drink options that are out there? It's It's been a lot of fun trying these different drinks. Uh, I've tried both of Tweed's Hound, Houndtooth and uh, Soda, uh, as well as Baker Street and Ginger. I've also tried Every's Lemon and Lime Drink got uh, houseplants, grapefruit, and sparkling water on order. Um, so far, it's been a bit of a hit and a miss. I, I found the houndstooth and soda to be a little bit like a nutmeg and a weedy taste um, along with some water, so not overly appetizing. Uh, in fact, my partner and I had a bit of a chugging contest on the second one just to see who could get drinking, uh, drinking it over with faster. Um, the Baker Street ginger one was really nice, uh, probably because of the significant difference in the amount of sugar. Uh, so that flavor was really there, like a ginger ale. And one of the one of the pleasant surprises for me was that these drinks having only really two milligrams of THC per drink was that I was still able to get a bit of a gentle effect uh, off of just two of them. So I'm not sure how that whole process takes place and the way our body uh, processes it differently, but it's interesting to see that the, the effect is still there, even in such a low amount. Now, I have a bee in my bonnet over these drinks, and we know the cannabis policies are requiring retooling in some areas, and um, just the insanity of the legislation is so clear when it comes to this. So get this. The, we know the Canadian limit for purchasing uh, or having uh, cannabis at one time is 30 grams, right? Mm-hmm. So most people really have no need to go out and carry 30 grams of butt on them at any time, bring 30 grams of weed over to a barbecue or whatever. But each tweed drink is said to contain the equivalent of 5.1 grams of cannabis. So that means that you can't even go to the store and get a six pack. Your legal limit of purchase is five drinks. Hmm. And, and that's it. So this imposes absolutely unreasonable limitations on both consumers and retailers who are suffering. If I want to go to a barbecue and bring a six-pack to share with my friends, right, then I'm actually breaking the law by going out and bringing more than five drinks. And on top of that, uh, you got to pay shipping costs when you order online if you're doing it that way. So to have this kind of a limit, it's, it's crazy. And 5.1 equivalent grams of cannabis, when you're looking at something that's got two milligrams of THC, I don't get it. I don't get it, Dean. 
It, it seems weird. Uh, you have to bring another person with you to, uh, to purchase that one extra can. Um, it's, it, it, it's a little bit odd. I always found the limit of 30 grams a little bit odd as well. So you can have like an ounce and two grams. Like it, it seems a little bit of a weird number uh, that they picked for that. So hopefully something with that gets uh, resolved. So we can be taking uh, six packs uh, to barbecues. The one thing about the uh, the the drinks that I found is, uh, I don't know if you eat parsnips ever, but they had a parsnip <laughs> kind of a taste to me. And I think, I don't know if it's maybe like a vegetable oil that's used in the, in the process or not, but um, mm. the, the, the ones that are, they, they should not be advertised as uh, tasteless. You could say flavorless if you want, uh, if they're not adding any flavor, but there is a taste to this. Like there's a taste to everything. So tasteless is a bit misleading uh, with this. And listen, th these are going to improve and get better. And, and, and the product, this is kind of the first wave, but uh, uh, the, the six pack thing is um, it, it's a little bit uh, strange. And um, I, I, I love the concept though. The concept is great. We just have to get the, uh, uh, the execution a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we really need to look at uh, when we're changing up these regulations. All right. Uh, let's talk tax and cannabis. Um, we all know there's a lot of it and there was a lot of it uh, in BC in one particular month. There sure was. The more cannabis stores equals more tax revenue is a great way to look at it. I, I mean, we've, we've said it before. We'll say it again. The more brick-and-mortar stores you can get, the more likely it is for people to go into those stores, to have an educational experience with cannabis, uh, and to, to take a look at what they really want. Uh, it brings it, it cuts down on the black market, and the, uh, the tax revenue is great, particularly in this time um, where we really need it. So BC has seen its monthly share of the federal uh, excise duty on adult use cannabis jump by 44% from November to December. So we're not even caught up. I mean, we're months behind still. And the province pulled in $2.5 million in, in that one month. So since that time, there's been another 100 or so stores opening up in, in BC. And we're going to see that, uh, that tax income jump even higher. Now, Marijuana Business Daily noted in their story that uh, opening up new stores it represents the biggest opportunity for one-time excise gains. Uh, because retailers are stocking their shelves for the first time, so that means a big buy. And uh, and then the licensed producers who are selling to um, is the retailer, or in this case in BC, the uh, the um, the liquor uh, department. The name is escaping me right now. Um, so basically, once that tax is paid, it gets uh, sent to the province. So this is this whole tax revenue is actually really important right now. It's a cornerstone uh, in the argument for federal legalization across the border over, over in the U.S. So we have cannabis, cannabis advocates who are drawing parallels between the role that lifting prohibition played uh, in the economic recovery post-Great Depression. And that's what we're seeing now with this COVID-19 recession deepening. Uh, the U.S. is really looking seriously at lifting the cannabis prohibition uh, because that could help with the cost of government programs that have been required to help people and help businesses through this downturn. So uh, seeing the, the excise tax increase in BC, I'm sure we're seeing it in Alberta, we're seeing it all over Canada. Uh, it really is good news right now when, when this revenue is especially important.
Yeah, it's uh, and and you're right. It's a, a bit of a roadmap for uh, you know what hopefully uh, ca- happens down south uh, federally. All right, let's wrap up with uh, it's a, kind of a tough story uh, for a a Kelowna company that uh, you know has a big impact on the cannabis industry, and uh, they had a tough decision to make with COVID nineteen. We're seeing a lot of these really difficult decisions as this pandemic uh, continues to uh, drag on. Um, COVID-19 began to spread globally. Vitalis Extraction Technology had a really tough uh, decision that they had to make. They uh, manufacture industrial-scale equipment that's used around the world in the process of extracting cannabis. Uh, and that, uh, that goes toward making um, products for both the medical and the recreational markets. And those kinds of products uh, with extractions include edibles and vapes and uh, oils and sprays and capsules, those are particularly important for medical users. So the the company looked at the possibility of retooling its operation in part to help supply uh, a specific type of part um, for ventilator production. So ventilators are are required to have um, these really high-tech pressure vessels and because of the work that Vitalis does, they're certified to weld these pressure vessels. So they looked at the potential uh, for retooling um, their manufacturing plant to help do that. Uh, they, they talked to different experts in the field to see whether there was a demand or what, what, what could be done. Um, they looked at you know, whether an America First policy would have an impact on the demand um, from Canada for these parts. They looked at... Um, the need right now. And in particular, they looked at what effect uh, changing up their operation a little bit would have on the supply of products for the medical market. And uh, in the end, they made the, the very difficult decision um, to to not produce these valves, at least in the meantime. If there becomes a, a big demand for them, they can always revisit it. But it just this kind of a decision goes to show how challenging it's been for companies, and not just in the cannabis industry, uh, but all over uh, the, the, the decisions that they've had to make um, in regards to how they might change up their operation to help in the COVID-19 fight, um, but also in their responsibility to ensure that they can continue to get their own products going. We've seen, uh, we've seen great strides made by certain cannabis companies who have been donating um, you know, their, their mask supply, um, and the different uh, gloves and the different things that they need in order to produce cannabis um, according to Health Canada regulations. And it's, it's always been a bit of a balance to what they can do it, uh, to help that fight against COVID-19 and what they really can't do. So this, uh, this decision by Vitalis was really interesting to see that, you know, there are limitations on what we, what we can do to help in the, the greater fight. Well, you shouldn't have to choose between keeping your company afloat and, and you know, meeting your expectations and your previous commitments and helping mm-hmm. out with uh, with COVID-19. Uh, some companies have to make the choice. Some companies can do both and God love them, but uh, there's a lot of companies out there that uh, have to make that difficult choice. Uh, David, as always, it's been great to chat with you. You can find more information and keep up with the latest cannabis news at okanaganz.com slash OZ. Follow them on Twitter at okanaganz and at Wiley Ryder. Uh, Stay safe during all this, David. It was great to catch up with you again, and we'll do it again next week. You too, my friend. 
You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for cannabis characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your soda. <laughs> And beyond. Is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> All right, time to uh, have a little fun and celebrate uh, different cannabis characters. If you would like to uh, us to discuss a specific cannabis character, uh, hit me up on social media or email me cannabis one hundred one podcast at gmail dot com. Let me know at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter. This week, we're doing John Stewart, uh, the enhancement smoker from Half-Baked. And just a bit part, as one of the different types of weed smokers, uh, John Stewart's character thinks everything is better when high. And while I admit a lot of things are great when paired with cannabis, not everything in life needs weed. Um, you know, I guess, you know, you could have uh, could use cannabis every day uh, if you're including uh, CBD, uh, but not everything needs weed. But for John Stewart's character, uh, it literally goes with everything. You're Scarface, right? Yeah. I love Al Pacino, man. Did you ever see Scent of a Woman? Yup. Have you ever seen Scent of a Woman on weed? That's the way to see it, man. It's just whack. 60 bucks, yo. Did you ever see the back of a $20 bill, man? No, I don't know, yo. Did you ever see the back of a $20 bill? On weed? Oh, there's some weird shit in there, man. There's a dude sitting in the bushes, man. Does he have a gun? I don't know, man. I don't know. What? What? Red team, go. Red team, go. It's just some weird shit, man. Man, crazy, yo. Oh, it's cool. Thanks, man. Hey, yo, wait. Dude, I'm going to check out the stars later. It's really trippy. Especially on weed, man. I love it. Uh, a short cameo by Stewart, who he himself says he's uh, you know smoked a little bit of weed, but he's not a big consumer, and he does a great job of overacting as uh, exaggerating that type of character. You know, I think we probably you know if you if you've uh, been on the cannabis journey for a while, you probably know somebody like that. That's for sure. Um, you know, probably for a time in my life, I think I was like that, uh, where I was, you know, trying everything. And then you, you get to a point where it's like kind of levels out and becomes, um, just, you know, normal. And that's the great thing about uh, legalization is, um, you know, we're, we're getting to normalizing cannabis. It went from an illegal, uh, substance to an essential service. So speaking of cameos, uh, Willie Nelson, Snoop also make cameos plus a crazy Bob Saget. Uh, so good. Sh- it's obviously uh, if you're a, a regular consumer, it's a great movie. You know it. If you're new to cannabis, it's worth it. Dave Chappelle's pretty good. Uh, Tommy Chong. There's a lot of great uh, guys in that movie. And uh, John Stewart, by the way, has a new movie coming out in June called Irresistible, starring Rose Byrne, Steve Carell. Uh, Stewart directs it. It's going straight to rental and streaming services June 26. John Stewart, as the enhancement smoker from Half Baked, is our cannabis character. And before we get to what's that strain, I want to let you know that you can get a DNA kit from Lobo Genetics by using the promo code Cannabis101, and you'll get 50% off. 
50% off with the promo code cannabis101, all one word, at lobogene.com. They'll tell you how you metabolize cannabis, how uh, what risks you may be act, uh, at with uh, THC, uh, and then they start recommending strains for you depending on what mood and what activity sort of thing you would like to do. It's really like having your own bud tender and it pairs really well with what's that strain because you can hear the strain we're doing, go to your profile and check it out. So if you want to get 50% off the pro, uh, the DNA kit from Lobo Genetics, use the promo code cannabis 101. They'll send you the kit. You do the swab, you send it back and boom. It's like having your own bud tender. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Another episode of What's That Strain? And my good friend Chris Ionson joining us. He is our educator and the manager of the Jasper Ave location of Nova Cannabis. And uh, I visited with him briefly to pick up Salty God uh, using the click and collect system. As much as I love visiting with you, Chris, I know we got to be in and out of the stores right now. So the click and collect is perfect. And that's how I used uh, what's what I used to grab this uh, Indica. How are you? Uh, doing great, Dean. Uh, thanks for having me, buddy. No problem. So we're talking Salty God today, uh, which, as mentioned, is an indica. And this is from a really cool uh, LP called Good Buds, um, who come to us from Salt Spring Island. Um, and for those people that don't know, it's a beautiful area, uh, just a, a short ferry ride from Vancouver Island, and it's sheltered in the waterways of the Pacific Ocean's uh, Salish Sea. And the very cool thing I find about this, Chris, is that uh, Good Buds, it all started in a van down by the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, it did, Dean. Uh, uh, back in the fall of uh, 2016, uh, the founder, Tyler Rumi, uh, took off uh, across the continent. He was uh, living in Ontario, and he, he uh, rigged up a sprinter van and, uh, and drove uh, until he hit the Salt Spring Islands uh, in D.C. And uh, once there, Tyler realized this was the place he wanted to call home, and he put down roots for, for he and his family. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, Previously, like back in Ontario, he was uh, first growing uh, under the MMAR, uh, which is the uh, um, Marijuana Medical Access Regulation. So he was legally uh, good to grow in 2007. Um, he's got, you know, long roots growing cannabis. Uh, and he, he's a CEO that's, you know, very involved uh, in nearly every process of the company from, you know, cultivation, extraction, sales, branding, and marketing. Uh, he's kind of very, uh, very heavily involved. Um, you know, and he's, he's a, a mid thirties CEO who, uh, you know, he wears uh, jeans and, uh, you know, a, a sports jersey or a hoodie, uh, you know, which I, I can appreciate. I, I, I enjoy the, uh, and I think that it's important uh, in the cannabis industry to, uh, you know, keep things a little casual. I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's what we've been for, for all these years. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, so I got to say, uh, yeah, big shout out to, to Tyler Rumi. Uh, if you, if you're ever in Edmonton, Tyler on a, on a sales call, uh, please stop by the Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave. Uh, we'd love to have you. We always have the good buds in stock. Uh, and actually, 
one of your uh, reps, uh, Alex, is uh, is one of our regulars. He's in our neighborhood, and we get to see him uh, from time to time. So, uh, totally stopped by. Uh, but yeah, big fan of Good Buds, uh, Dean and Tyler Rumi, the man that started it all. Uh, great story with him. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and and this is a bit of a a family affair as well. And and um, you know, a, a company that. It kind of took the cannabis industry or, or is in the process of, of taking the cannabis industry by storm um, with a family member. Yeah, for sure. So uh, back back in 2016, you know, Tyler had traveled uh, to the island uh, with his best friend, uh, Ryan Mast, uh, Mance, pardon me. And, uh, and they were growing uh, outdoors, uh, you know, as cannabis should be grown. And, uh, and they kind of started to realize, hey, you know, we're getting we're getting good at this. Uh, we, you know, we like what we smoke. You know, let's let's make a go of this. Uh, and brought in uh, Tyler brought in his brother Alex Rumi to to join and help. And Alex has a, an extensive uh, background in business. Uh, and so, yeah, between Tyler, Alex, and Ryan, uh, they created Good Buds uh, and, as well with you know the help of some family, family and, and close friends. But uh, uh, you know, that's where they get the name too. It's you know founded on Good Buds. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, there's there's uh, synergy uh, in the name, and and it means something. Um, with uh, you know, some people consider their uh, their brother their best friend, or in this case, uh, Tyler's best friend. So, a really family uh, run cannabis, uh, which you know seems the, at the heart of it is is passion. Uh, the, you know, all these people uh, seem to have uh, passion, but yet bring uh, a casualness to their work. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. It's super important uh, in, in this industry. Uh, the passion. I, I feel like it, even at a retail level, uh, you know, at my store, uh, you know, we bring the passion. We all, you know, try try the product. We get familiar with it. We get excited about new things. We do research, uh, and it, it shows when you come into our store. And uh, you know, I think that it, it shows with uh, the Good Buds product that they have that it's you know they're they're not kidding around. Uh, any any other their products that I had their mango taffy their sapphire OG uh, the salty god uh, tremendous quality like four A's uh, really good stuff. These guys are also very eco friendly, aren't they? Yeah, big time, uh, big time eco friendly company. Which which uh, again I think is important with cannabis. Uh, so you know they they use uh, recycled rainwater uh, when, when they uh, water the plants uh, and and, uh, and for their hash too with their with their ice cubes. Uh, they also use re- reusable soil beds. Um, the soil that they use is also comes off their property. Uh, it's pesticide free. They're uh, kind of in with like an organic grow as well, where uh, they, they they truly feel that you know cannabis is a natural thing. Uh, we don't need to kind of get get chemicals involved. So. Uh, a great kind of approach uh, from a cannabis company. All right. So they're also, as you mentioned, hash and rosin. Uh, that'll be starting in the winter of 2020. I don't want to think about winter just yet. Uh, let's think about yeah. summer. But Salt Spring Island, aside from it being one of the most beautiful places, is also a good reason of why they put down roots literally there. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's it's perfect for growing outdoor cannabis. Uh, you know, the weather there, uh, the, the sun that they get those those the amount of rain, um, it, it just kind of breeds for for great conditions for growing cannabis. Uh, and then you know they kind of mention on their their website uh, uh, that their buds bathe in the salty mist of the Pacific Ocean. You know, giving them a unique greasy quality that can't be, can't be re- replicated indoors. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I do feel like it's noticeable in in this uh, the salty god that we have, which is you know a god bud, uh, 
that you know good buds has kind of taken uh, you know and made you know their own uh, phenotype of it and um and it's got a salty kind of flavor to it mm-hmm yeah, it's it's uh, it's really amazing, uh, actually. Uh, so let's talk about the history of Salty God. Uh, this is an indica from Good Buds, and this is a phenotype of God Bud. So first, can you explain a phenotype and, and then exactly how this plays into the history? Yeah, yeah, for sure, Dean. So uh, with, with phenotypes, maybe first I'll get into to genotypes. So uh, genotypes are, are the genetic makeup uh, of, of a plant. It's the blueprint. Um you know, the, the actual genetics. Uh, phenotype uh, will be a physical expression of a genotype. So, um, you know, you and I could both take, you know, the same the same seed, the same genetics, uh, and grow it in our different environments. You know, you could grow on the, on the window ledge. Uh, I could grow in, in a tent, you know, using uh, big, powerful lights. Um, the phenotype is kind of the, uh, it's the traits that the environment pulls out of a plant's genetic code. So, uh, it varies from where it's being grown. So uh, when they call this, you know, it's a phenotype of God bud uh, with it's kind of with good buds, you know, pheno magic twist on it. Interesting. So how does that play into the lineage and the history of salty God? Uh, so yeah, with it, so I mean, with, with God, bud, it's, uh, it's, it's Hawaii, it's a Hawaii strain uh, crossed with a purple skunk. Um, and that's, that's what the typical God, bud is. And so with that, we've got those two, uh, and then we're just going to cross in the good buds, phenomagic you know, magic there. And so, uh, that's going to be with, with the, where it's grown, what they're doing to it specifically, how they're, uh, feeding it, uh, what kind of lighting it's getting. Interesting. So they can kind of put their own spin on it, um, depending on, uh, whatever, uh, process they use and, and whatever they cross it with. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Dean. All right, so uh, the website, if you want to check it out, is www.goodbudsco.com. And uh, like the uh, like the company sounds, this has a very kind of hip, relaxed feel. Um, you know, it's not uh, got a whole bunch of gaudy colors and things bouncing around. It's just very relaxed and like a chill website. Yeah, it is pretty chill uh, to the point. Um I do, I do feel, and I appreciate it. It's, it's kind of, uh, uh, very far from like a corporate mm-hmm. uh, cannabis website. Um, and I, and I do appreciate that. Uh, you know, I think that both are important in the industry. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, uh, like I said, like I said before, fan of the, the good buds brand. And so, yeah, their, their website's good for me. All right. When we talk about THC, we're also going to be talking about CBG, which we recently discussed on a past episode. So give us the numbers for THC and CBG for Salty God. Yeah. So for the uh, the Salty God, uh, we got it's uh, 20.48% THC, uh, which is uh, pretty, pretty strong and solid there. Um We've got zero percent on the CBD, uh, but four uh, percent on CBG uh, upwards of, and that's uh, cannabigerol. Uh, it's kind of a, another kind of non psychoactive uh, cannabinoid uh, that's kind of getting a lot of traction. Uh, you know, people are, are interested in it. There's a lot of cl- clinical research being done with it, uh, so it's pretty cool that uh, the good buds 
you know, with their phenotype, they, it's got elevated levels of CBG. That's yeah. pretty cool. I've, I've heard it been referred to as the mother of cannabis because all the other uh, cannabinoids derive from CBG. So if you have really high uh, THC, and, and this one is high, you, usually your CBG levels are a bit lower, but it's an impressive number. At least that's what I've read. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly starting to learn a little bit more about CBG, as I think we all are. But uh, yeah, good good on them. Good on good buds uh, for getting some CBG in there because if you do some research, and, and there's a lot of research being done, but there's a lot of positive uh, possibilities when it comes to CBG uh, and people's health. So uh, I love that. Now, Chris, what's in a name? When we look at Salty God, what are you thinking? Uh, so I, I think it's a, a shout out to where it was grown uh, and the, the phenotype of the, the God Bud there. So, you know, Salt Spring Island, uh, God Bud, Salty God. Uh, it's catchy too, though, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah it, uh, it, I mean, that was, that was the one when we first got in the Sapphire OG and the Salty God. Um, the salty gut was the one we tried out first, um, because we were excited about it. Yeah. Just the, the name kind of caught us. Uh, so yeah, that was cool. I, I love it. Uh, I love trying new stuff and uh, I'm, I'm so jealous every time I, you know, check the, the leafly, uh, availability on Mondays and see all the new stuff that comes in. It's, it's so cool. So when we talk about the look, um, first of all, it's, uh, about 19 bucks, uh, a gram, less than 20 bucks, uh, for this gram. So it's, it's a little bit pricier than some of the other stuff you'll get, but that's where this type of cannabis, this is, you know, for a top shelf cannabis, like the product you are getting. And, and, and I think you had mentioned that it, it, you know, you, you don't need as much because it really does pack a punch where, which we're going to get to, but this, there is a, there is an important market for that top shelf cannabis. Yeah, there is uh Dean, uh, for sure. Um, like my store specifically, uh, you know, not everybody's in, in, into it, but, uh, we do get people that come in and, you know, they ask, you know, okay, I, I want, uh, you know, the best indica you got money's, you know, money's right. not a, a, a thing. Uh, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you, you want to treat yourself. Uh, you know, it's, you, you might not be able to afford it uh, every single time, but, uh, you know, or if you, you know, you're going to a, an event, it's kind of like bringing, you know, a mm. nice bottle of wine to, to a housewarming. Uh, I think, you know, bringing some salty God, uh, to a stoner function would be, you know, it's a really nice treat. Yeah, that's a good idea, except I want to keep all the salty God for myself. That's how good it is. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I might not be bringing in this to to uh, your uh, post-COVID party. I might I might keep this all for myself. So it's that good. Um, but I, I also love the, I love the packaging. Like, it is so unique. I, I mean, it, it I, when I first got it, I was like, you know, it's upside down, but it's it's a different look. It's a, it's kind of a neat way for them to be able to stand out in a industry where you can't really stand out. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, Dean. Uh, it's I, I love their packaging. Uh, both their three point five and their one grams. I mean, it comes with like a a glass bottom mm -hmm. uh, with you know a nice black label around it, and then kind of a plastic uh, cap on top. Uh, looks like a grinder though. Looks like a really high end grinder. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's sharp. No one else has packaging like them too. So that's pretty cool. It's been kind of, kind of lame and bunk when you, when you see, uh, two LPs that are, you know, completely separate, uh, having, you know, similar packaging. Mm. So, uh, you know, shout out to good buds for their yeah. unique packaging. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that, uh, you know, probably cost a little bit more to, to 
acquire this packaging, but uh, it is a nice touch. Yeah, it is great. So once you open up the beautiful packaging, what do you see? Yeah, uh, very tight nugs, um, dark green buds. Uh, you know, I, I got a gram of it, uh, and I had two 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 nice uh, size nugs in there that uh, you know I put into a uh, two two nice joints. And uh, uh, yeah, d- dark green buds, uh, dark brown pistols. Uh, and when I put my light on it, the trichome presence was oh. tremendous. Oh. It was uh, it shone. Even without a light, it was just popping off of it. Yeah, yeah, it's really well done, uh, really crystally and shiny. So, uh, yeah, it looks, looks tremendous for sure. What was the first couple of whiffs you got off of it? Yeah, so the, the first whiff, you know, cracked the seal. Um, what, what I kind of get is, is like a, a gassy. It kind of reminds me of uh, a diesel kind of gas. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's it's a little salty too. Uh, sounds weird to, to say that it's because it's called salty god it's it's it, it actually does smell salty um and then i kind of get like a little bit like a citrus uh, overtones uh, when i'm you know, smelling it mm-hmm. uh definitely gassy uh, that's the first thing that uh, that jumps to me uh what are we rolling with with terpenes uh, so the terpenes we got uh, are uh, awesomeine, uh, and that's uh, a little bit more of a rare terpene. We don't see it as often, and that's kind of that herby kind of flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pining is in there as well, uh, and that's obviously pine. Uh, and then we've got uh, limonene, uh, which is the citrus kind of flavors, and linalool uh, providing that kind of florally mm-hmm. A lavender kind of a uh, feel with linalool. I really get the pinene uh, smell when, when I, uh, you know, the, the first whiff is that diesel and the second wave you can really, I find anyway, for me, uh, yeah. the, the pinene in, in that. So uh, good terpene profile. I love uh, awesomeine, which is a little bit of a rare one. So we can get that in there. Um, as for desired effect, uh, we should point out everybody is a little bit different with cannabis. So uh, you and I could share the same joint. Uh, well, maybe not right now, but you and I could smell smoke the same strain of a joint and you could get giggly and I could get tired. So we should uh, point that out, but you know, what's the, the general desired effect with uh, salty God. Yeah. With, with salty God, I mean, it's a re- real nice cer- cerebral head high. Uh, it's very calming on the body. Uh, definitely a pleasurable buzz kind of throughout the, the high. Um, I definitely found with the, the good buds product, the, uh, the burnout is, is, is pretty, uh, pretty gradual. It's not, you know, falling off a cliff. Uh, it's pretty gradual, which is nice. Uh, definitely makes my eyelids heavy, uh, and puts a huge smile on my face. So it's, uh, I mean, it's what an indica should do. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't say that it's all the way heavy indica. So like you can still be active. You can still, you know not going to glue you to your couch. I mean, if that's what you want to do, um, <laughs> you might end up doing that. But uh, I, I found smoking the salty god that, you know, I, I had the indica effect, but I still, you know, was touching around my place. All right, I'm firing this up in the Supernova. This is the uh, Volcano Hybrid that I picked up using Click and Collect at uh, Nova, uh, your store there. And uh, I go at 200 uh, degrees Celsius. I don't know what a whole lot of other people go, but that's kind of like my go-to heat temperature um, for. So I'm I'm getting ready to fire this up. Tell us about the three W's. Uh, Who, what, and when is Salty God good for? For sure. So, uh, who it's good for, uh, not for beginners. So who it's not good for. <laughs> uh, if you're just getting into cannabis, don't jump in with the salty God. Uh, it's going to be a little bit intense. 
Um, I do think it's, you know, more for the intermediate to experts. Um, but, uh, it's, I, I think too, it's good for like the, the can of sewer. If you, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, step up your game, you've been smoking for a bit, you smoke quite regularly, uh, treat yourself to the salty God. Cause I mean, it's not your average God, bud. Good point. Um, yeah. Uh, what it's good for, uh, hitting the couch after a long day, uh, watching movies, uh, cuddles, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I also found it to be, uh, an appetite stimulant. Uh, where you know, definitely got my munchies on. Yeah. Did you say cuddles? I did say cuddles. Yeah. That's, I don't. Uh, know, I don't know how happy Trish is going to be with you if I start trying to get cuddly with her tonight. She might just want her <laughs> space. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I got. I got, I got some. Serious cuddles uh, for my lady with the salty god. Nice, here. nice. Uh, so I, I had to throw it in there. Yeah, and this is um, an evening one. You said right. It is. Yeah, I, I think so. Evening time uh, after dinner. Uh, or, you know, if you just want to, you know, get blitzed, you want to, you know, really want to feel it. You got, you know, the day off, yep. you could start your day off with this heavy indica, just be prepared to take a little nap. All right. So you mentioned there's a little bit of a salty smell. There's a, there's a salty, a little bit of a, uh, uh, salty taste, not like massive. It's not like salt and vinegar chips, but, uh, yeah. what else do you get when you uh, taste this? Uh, yeah, so it's salty for sure. Uh, earthy is, is kind of a, a big one that I got, uh, and, and kind of some like sweet notes on the exhale, um, like similar to chocolate mm. or, uh, kind of reminds me of like sweets, I guess. Um, that was kind of like my take on it. Uh, I did, uh, a couple times notice too, like a, a kind of a grapefruity, uh, real tart, uh, like a citrus. citrus yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I could see that for sure, um, but definitely, uh, the, like you know, there there is a, a there's definitely salty over to, uh, salt overtones, but the earthy taste I think is uh, um, the the biggest one. And this this has a little bit like this is this is a, this is a strong. It's got some bite, as you might say. Yeah, yeah, it does got some bite. Yeah, for sure. Like the flavors um, are strong. Yeah, yeah, um, but. I appreciate that. I, I, I like a good cannabis that's got bite to it. You know, there were, you know, I, I might, uh, you know, take that first pull and it might catch me off guard and I might do a little tickle on the throat and cough, you know, cough it out just a little bit. Um, just reminding that, you that, just, that it's there, right? Yeah. Reminded me I am, I'm consuming cannabis. <laughs> this is how it should be. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll just uh, reach up and punch you in the face or something like that. But you know, like I, I love a, uh, like I love a full flavored spicy cigar. And, and it's one of the reasons I love carry off so much is because you know that it's there, you know, exactly what you're getting. And, and, you know, a full flavored, uh, uh, strain like salty God from good buds that is right up my alley for all the flavors that are coming out. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, and actually, Dean, going back to like the, you know, cannabis hitting in the face. Um, I just wanted to share, we have a term at my store. Uh, <laughs> one of my boy, one of my boys, William, he kind of came up with this. Uh, he says, uh, like, uh, we we're talking about, I think it was the fireside WAPA. And he was like, oh yeah, that WAPA slaps. Yeah. What's <laughs> this term slaps. And, uh, and Will's a bass player. He's, he's in a few, he was in a few bands. I don't know if you know slap at the base or, the base, or yeah. what, but it's it's it, it slaps you across the face. You just kind of you you feel it. You know that you know you've consumed a, a really nice cannabis. It just you know, <laughs> slaps the smoke across your face. So that's a term that we've been, it's kind of become like an inside joke now with uh, 
oh yeah these new pre-rolls they slap oh yeah i i love it there's got to be a rush joke in there with slapping the bass and uh some good uh salty god cannabis all right this has been good i really love this i'm saving you know i i had to use willpower to not because uh, i picked it up the other day so i had to save it for tonight but i got a little bit left my wife and I are going to watch uh, The Office. We've never seen it, so I'm going to enjoy some Salty awesome. God in The Office later tonight. How's that for a combination? That sounds awesome, Dean. You're in for a treat. Beauty. I've got a treat right now. Salty God and Indica from Good Buds. You can find out more information at goodbudsco.com. Not for beginners, though. 20.48% THC. It does have 4% CBG as well and this is definitely uh, for the cannabis connoisseur with all the flavors chris as always i thank you for your time and have yourself a great week yeah thanks for having me dean this is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast Bringing you the latest Bud Biz Buzz. Malcolm LaBelle of the Green Generation Company joining me as usual. You can find more information at www.greengencompany.com. Melka, how are you today? Great, Dean. I'm doing well. How are you? I am excellent. Uh, hoping some of that sunshine from Calgary is heading uh, north our way a little bit uh, because um, I, I, as, as much as I'm still uh, physical distancing, I'm excited to uh, get out in the sun a lot more these days. Definitely need some sunshine. Vitamin D is good for everyone. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the first thing we're going to chat about uh, is hemp, and, and I'm, I'm a big fan of hemp, but uh, tell me why, uh, in your opinion, the commoditization of hemp could be the beginning of the end of the industry. Yeah, so this is, um, I mean, commoditization in general, I'm heavily against, um, <laughs> and I've talked about that at length before. But particularly in this space for Canada, and, and here's why. So, I mean, hemp um, has so many uses. Uh, we have uh, there is a lot of evidence that there's like 50,000 different things that hemp can be made into, including, um, uh, you know, pr- products for consumption, obviously uh, for CBD and, and um, seeds and, and so many other things. The thing about hemp is because it can be made into it can be grown and then the many different uses of it that are that are available um, in turning it into a commodity. Essentially, it's being traded like a stock or like on on a, on a price value, a price and just like a couple criteria. And and I I learned about this recently. Um, and the thing is, is the, the commodity in the brokering space. You know, that's been around for millennia. Like I think. It dates back to the you know the old markets in Rome, and you know trading stuff and for goods for uh, for money and for value is has been around as long as, as as commerce has been around. But the problem with this right now that I see is that hemp is grown in Canada under extremely harsh conditions. It's not a crop that is easy to grow, as is many crops in Canada. Agriculture in general is very very hard to do in Canada. We have such major um, pro, you know, extremes to our weather and our temperature and, and everything. And with hemp becoming more prevalent as a, a base 
a good or a base stock for so many different things. What's happening, what I'm I'm understanding from the exposure that I've had to this is by resorting it to a commodity that there's brokers who make the whole process very opaque um, and really um, just want to know the price and, you know, the quality, the, 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 the few metrics of quality that they're looking for. You're essentially cutting out the farmers and to learn what are the valuable parts of their of their process and of their crop that they can they can benefit from to make more of what people really want. Um, and that's the harm here is because when you have all these middle people that are just taking the product and you know taking it to someone else or brokering these deals, there's no conversation between the end buyer, which is usually the processor, which are the people that are looking for that high quality input. Uh, that they're then turning into finished goods, the conversation from the processors and the people that are originally growing the plants and the, and the, and the farmers isn't really being had. And, and that there, we're at a, such an early stage in this legal uh, side and legal, legal framework. And CBD uh, as, a, as a product for use is so, um, just at the beginning, that we have a chance to restart this this and re-educate and educate people, uh, particularly farmers, and, and also on the masses, that the commoditization of the process essentially takes out the ability to do that. And that's why I think it's, it's so detrimental, particularly in Canada. Well, it's, it's so silly even that hemp uh, is lumped in with legalization um, in, in the first place. And um, it's because, you know, if you, if you know anything about it, uh, you're, you know, you're not going to take a hemp plant out of the ground and, and go get any psychoactive of, uh, effects from it. So in that sense, it's silly. Uh, it's also ridiculous that this is a, a plant that is carbon negative. I mean, when you make it, it can be make yeah. hempcrete. You can build a house out of hempcrete. It's, it's better than concrete. It, it sucks in carbon. Um, so there, there's yeah. so much more to this plant than, than people realize. What is the solution in, in your opinion then? So my solution is cut out the middlemen. I mean, the middlemen are only in it for themselves to make money. That's the only reason why they're in the game. And they're very transparent about that. They're like, let's make some money. Let's get, you know, chomping at the bit. Sure. But honestly, the, the, the end, the, the people that are making the processors, they're looking to make a better product. And they want to be directly in contact with the farmers. And their concepts, the, the concepts that they've heard of have, having an open and transparent dialogue, whether it be on like sort of a central platform, like a hemp farmer, hemp producer type, um, you know, chat or groups or what a message board. I don't even know what the format looks like. But even just putting the, the hemp uh, uh, producers uh, in touch with directly with the people that are going to be, you know, um, cultivate or processing their product, even just a conversation of here, this is what we're looking for, for the ideal outcome. And that benefits the farmers because then they'll, they can control largely the types of seeds. First of all, there's a list now, a regulate, a list out of health Canada of what's a regulated hemp cultivar or strain. So when you have those people in contact with each other, um, you can, you can just, there's more information that can be shared from both sides. And like any other process, you know, data in, data out, inputs in, inputs out, the better quality information you have about those inputs for those outputs, the better overall, there's more of it and there's more better quality overall. So that's really what I think it can happen is put them directly in contact with each other. Um, and yeah, and work that um, as, as an education and a value chain that 
that doesn't need a bunch of people in the middle. Well, it certainly comes back to something we talked about last week, education and, and uh, you know, educating the people that are involved in this. And, and that comes a lot of it uh, from the, the farming community. And, and hemp is something we're going to stick with as we move to change makers, uh, because hemp and uh, CBD is being made uh, accessible to all uh, because of a company called Hemp Santa. Tell us about them. Yeah, so Hemp Santa just got their uh, processor license from Health Canada to be a CBD uh, extractor and processor. And they built or they're in the process of uh, growing, actually scaling up a facility in, uh, I believe it's in Toronto, GTA area. And I got a chance to speak with their uh, leadership team and particularly they call him the, the Elon Musk of the hemp <laughs> world, Dr. Uh, Wu Kim. Um, and he is all about the education part. Like he just wants to get the concept and the knowledge of CBD as um, uh, uh, like from a, from a hemp, uh, full spectrum hemp extract uh, being CBD in the hands of people everywhere because he believes and through his own research. So he's a, he's a clinical doctor and researcher and he has seen firsthand the effects of CBD in literally a healing uh, healing you know, therapeutic property of, of the plant that has reversed the, the death uh, that people have been utterly faced with. So he gave me so many examples where he has seen evidence of um, CBD and cannabis use in people that had like very late stage of pancreatic cancer, breast cancer, um, lymphoma, like all of these really serious things that, you know, are largely have to go through severe chemo and, radiation therapy and all these other things or is essentially just a, you know as a late stage it could be there's no cure and you just sort of wait the clock out he has seen people change their lives and are still doing okay quite well actually by using cbd so he's on this crusade with his company to get cbd into the hands um, of everyone largely because we're learning about its um, calming and balancing effects on the body and and that's um it doesn't really have a negative. It doesn't have a downside. You know, there doesn't seem to be an overdose ability um, in and CBD, that's, although that's still under research. Um, but there's massive markets that understand the holistic and the balanced part of, of health, largely in Asian cultures, Korea and Europe, where holistic practices um, have, are still very prevalent, more so than our Western practices of pharmaceutical medicine, where you take a pill and you're better. Um, so, he sees the value in this and his company, Hemsana, has very high standards for making their um, their processes and they have a very, they want to be in touch with their farmers because they feel that if they have an opportunity to educate the farmers and give them tools, tools for monitoring their crops and, and just, you know, looking at it from a bit more uh, detailed way, um, then, then there can be more for everybody and at a lower price so that more people can get their hands on it. Uh, that's uh, such an important uh uh, factor is is the price as well is uh, you know there are some people that um, you know can't afford it uh, there you know especially in the beginning CBD was was fairly pricey well hempsana.com www.hempsana.com is where you can find out more information and and for me Melka CBD is just part of my like daily vitamin routine I almost think of it as just a, a, another vitamin that I take I you know I have my regular vitamins that I take I have you know some St. John's ward and some other things that I take for my mental health and you know I take CBD uh, in a spray 
tray format right along with it. It's part of my daily routine. And, and that's how I kind of explain it to people is, you know, think of this as another part of your supplements, your vitamin supplements to, to add into your routine. Yeah, and that's exactly where Hempstown is going with this. And there's, there's lots of companies that are working on it uh, and really trying to lobby some of the major uh, different governments and jurisdictions around the world to make it a nutraceutical. I mean, even in yes. Canada, like if you go on the Natural Food Association, um, Natural Food, Health Foods Products uh, Association of Canada, they have a, um, a lobby uh, email already pre-done to make CBD not under the Cannabis Act, but to go under the Natural Food uh, Act, Natural Food and Health Products Act. Because under the Natural Health Products Act, I mean, there's lots of products that fall into that zone, right? You mentioned yeah. a few that you take. The entire natural health wellness industry is well-governed, you know, with, with things where they're, they're making sure that there's quality controls in place. You can't have heavy metals. There's testing. Um, and then claims about them are all sort of anecdotal, but they're allowed to be there. Like you can say this, this helps some people or right. this, you know, it helps them. There has been seen evidence that this shows improvement, but you don't have to make claims that are like, you know, guaranteed or percentage of uh, certainty that are needed on the medicinal side. And that would be perfect for CBD and for cannabis if they can, if they can adopt some of that structure and turn the product instead of the, you know, cannabis as a medicine or adult use recreation, where I've already talked about that on several episodes, turn it into just a nutraceutical, um, then it can be governed in such a way that wouldn't place these owner's restrictions on the people that are selling it, on the packaging, on the branding. It has so much room to grow um, and, and educate at the same time with wellness practitioners being part of the conversation. Um, and, and just like you would go into a store where you buy your vitamins, you can talk to the person that works there to find out, you know, what would they recommend for these kinds of things? Well, you can't do that for cannabis, but you can if it wasn't a, a nutraceutical. Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer uh, to me. So that's hempsana.com, uh, hemp, uh, S-A-N-A, com. Let's move on to what it means to be green. And, um, you know, with uh, 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 chatting about a fresh and green, uh, the start of something new, it's, it seems kind of that's what we're in right now. Yeah, it's funny how it takes sort of a, you know, pandemic crisis for people to really take the blinders off and think maybe we should try looking at this differently. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that I talk about um, on my uh, on my blog and things like that are like, you know, and I actually, I mean, in my MBA, we had a whole program around this about um, corporate social impact. So I got a, a, a certification, a specialization in my MBA in corporate social impact. And what that is, is what, I, is what I'm really seeing now as being that fresh new look is, you know, prior to COVID and in the last few years, People really and have always been in it for the money. It's always been about the money. How can we make more profits and better profits and make more the shareholders more money, which is, you know, sort of really counterintuitive. But anyways, the point of this is because we have this opportunity to look at things in a new way, we can sort of strip back and think, well, maybe for the money or for the benefit of making more money isn't really the better way. And there's lots of examples of this, but. What we're hearing now is that a lot more, uh, you know, consumers and people that are stakeholders in products, whether it be because they're grown or made near them or because they actually buy and use them, 
they're looking for a real um, and tangible impact so that those companies or those products are making for the benefit of their environment or for the people or something. And that's what corporate social impact is all about. And that's adding an extra lens of evaluation to, is this company really good? Just because they make money doesn't necessarily mean that they're really good. And I think that's really brought to light in this time. You know, we look at Amazon having the biggest capitalization, Jeff Bezos being the biggest billionaire in the world. But really, is what the, are, are, is Amazon so good? You know, like it, it just it gives you a chance to pause and ask those questions. And by adding the lens of, are they doing anything for the environment, as in like the actual, you know, the air we breathe and the water we drink, to the social and 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 uh, societal things that are around them? You know, I think that there has been a much bigger. Um, lens on this now that we are in this situation and this is what green is it's gotta giving it a fresh new look you know make it look look at it differently and maybe you'll see that maybe it isn't all about the money um yeah well and and i i, I think it is such a um pure way uh, to almost look at it there is a sense of um you know uh, renew reborn and um you know i i love the the blue sky approach that you talk about yeah so this is something i mean this is, comes from idea and thinking and and people that sort of spend their time thinking about new ideas um i think is where the firm came from i'm not exactly sure but it's all about just start with a blank piece of paper and you're, put your goal at the top. So this can apply in any scenario, whether it be in business, whether it be about yourself, whether it be about what am I going to do today? Um, what do you want to accomplish? And obviously, the bigger, the hairier, the more audacious the goal is, um, the more time you'll spend thinking about it. But start with a clean, empty spreadsheet, paper, whatever, whatever it is. Start with the goals at the top and then work backwards wearing the bottom of the page is today or where the current situation and sort of you can it's sort of a mental exercise on how do we get to from where we want where we want to go from where we are right now and take it one step at a time and sort of fill in the gap there is no perfect science to this it's literally just a way of like i would say vision boarding and and but almost it's a way that you plant that vision that goal because you know you want that but then how are you going to do that um, and like I said, start with something, a blank piece of paper and, and blue sky your way to, to that goal. I love dreaming big. My dad and I on every, uh, hockey road trip when I was a kid would play the lottery game. What would you do if you won your lottery? And it just, I, I love dreaming big, whether it's something like that or with your goals and, uh, kind of, a, 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 I, I love the blue sky approach. So this has been a lot of fun, Malka. You can find more information at greengencompany.com. You can find them on Twitter at greengenco1. Malka, thanks as always. I look forward to our chat next week. Thanks, Dean. Have a great week. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, Thai stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel Ojeks, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. Love talking about hemp uh, with Malcolm LaBelle in uh, the business of cannabis. If you are... 
in the business of cannabis, if you have something going, you should reach out, uh, check it out at greengencompany.com. Uh, Malka's got some uh, pretty good ideas about, uh, how we move forward, especially if you're looking at uh, promoting and, uh, maybe get some, getting some investing, um, definitely check it out at uh, greengencompany.com. As for weed word of the day, uh, we're doing a slang and a standard. And, uh, today, uh, the slang is 710. Uh, upside down, it spells oil, which refers to the concentrate that looks like an oil. I have a CBD oil, uh, that I use an eyedropper or a spray form RSO or Rick Simpson oil is always say a very famous, a famous concentrate as well. Um, as far as, uh, a standard term, uh, something like rosin, like I got from, uh, the rosin bros today. Rosin is produced when you apply heat and pressure to your cannabis, you squeeze out the honey looking goodness of the plant. Uh, a lot of marijuana will produce a smaller amount of rosin, but it's much, much more potent uh, than regular flour. Use a lot less in your dab rig than you would flour uh, in your uh, you know joint or bong or pipe or whatever. If you don't know what dabbing is, here's a quick explanation. And um, forgive me if I do get this wrong. Um, but this is, uh, my, how I explain, uh, dabbing to people. So I use my hexagon from burnt, uh, with attachment for dabbing. Um, it's the nail or a banger as it's sometimes called. And you heat that up with, uh, I have just a little hand torch. Some people use big torches, but I don't really want to. So you heat it up and, uh, uh, there are electrical, uh, nails as well. So I'll get into that in a second. You take your rosin or your butter or other extract, whatever it is. Uh, you use a little, I use a little poker that came with my one hitter a long time ago. So you put some X concentrate on it. It's very like gooey, uh, buttery, honey substance. So you, you put some on there. You, you only need a little bit and then you touch it to that, uh, quartz banger that you heat it up. Now I, I heat mine up and then I let it sit for about, uh, 30 seconds at least before using it. And, uh, then, so you touch it to that, uh, banger. It's in a bowl, uh, sort of thing. Uh, and you inhale vapor. So there are electrical now USB powered portable rigs. So, uh, more great things coming, uh, on the market, uh, and you'll see uh, a whole lot more cool products. So that's my explanation of dabbing. Uh, and, um, so that's rosin as well, as far as weed word of the day and something new to the show. What's new, simple, short segment where I tell you about something new on the market might not happen every week as some of the new products are pricey, but I did try the chapter one batter from stigma grow. And it's definitely effective. Uh, looks like honey, tasted great. It's really good. I, I enjoyed it. It comes in some cool packaging as well, but it's pricey. And, and that's the reason I uh, bought my own cannabis, went the Rosin Bros way, and why more people might be ordering their own presses to produce their own product. Uh, it's it's There's a lot of good YouTube videos out there that you can watch on how to do it, or there's places like the Rosin Bros uh, that it's totally legal. Uh, it is, to, it, you know, I bought my cannabis from a retailer, uh, they have a press. Um, I'm providing my own cannabis. They're providing a service, and it's a it's a great product at that. So, uh, I tried the batter. Like I said, it's really good, but it is pricey. Uh, but to, if you're into concentrates, uh, I would definitely try it at least once. Maybe split it with a buddy or something like that, um, just to see what the quality is like. Uh, because uh, it was uh, it wasn't uh, any less of quality than I've had uh, from the stuff I've had in the past. So. 
there it is. I tried out a little batter. We'll try out a few more things. I've got some bubble hash to talk about in the next little while and, and things like that. And speaking of YouTube, you can find a lot of videos there. Once we get up and running with our cameras again, we will be posting stuff on our YouTube and the weed tube channel. And that's going to wrap things up for us. I really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps us to make this show a whole lot better. And to those of you who have left a review already, thank you so much for doing so. If you'd like to be a part of the show as a guest or as an advertiser, please email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. As usual, the artist My Dead Dog will play us out with marijuana. Remember... It's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Yeah.